Welcome to our podcast, a quest to engage and unpack our African experiences, a celebration of our identities, our successes, a fearless voyage into ourselves. Zazi. So hello, hello, Christine. Hi, everybody. Welcome to our second November installment of the show. Yes. Happy November. Happy November. Yes. A lot of things are happening in November. A lot of things are happening in November, but a lot of things have been happening just before November that uh, I think we need to address. Yes. Let's Not start. <laughs> that anybody cares, but I stand for Palestine. Oh my God. You know what? Um, I think it's so important. Um, I'm completely devastated with what is happening in Palestine. And, uh, yeah, the killings that is happening now, especially the mother, the mothers and the children who are be- being killed in numbers. Um, it's heartbreaking and, um, reaction of some part of the so-called international community. Um, yeah, my heart is breaking for them and I stand with them. Yeah, it actually angers me insanely. Um, but just to give some context to some of our listeners who were thinking, why are we talking about Palestine? It's not Pan-African in any way. Mm. Um, maybe you'd like to know that there is a community in Palestine who identify as Afro-Palestinians. These are people of African descent who have for the large part settled in Palestine. Um, a big community of them. In fact, there's an area called Little Harlem in the wow, Muslim Little quarter. Harlem. Little wow, Harlem. Okay. In the Muslim quarter of Jerusalem, which is where many of them have settled. Many of them came there like, um, Muslim uh, people of African descent who went to, on a pilgrim to the Hajj and the likes thereof and then opted to settle in Jerusalem. Others also settled there in the era of the Ottoman Empire. And we're talking about a community of 40 to 45,000 people of African wow. descent whose lives are even worse than the Palestinians. Oh, wow. Just based on a little, um, Darky situation that I watched. So yes, there's Palestinians and the Palestinians are all now under this Israeli mm. occupation. occupation and what have you. And then among those Palestinians is the Afro-Palestinians who are then treated less than just like, not to say there's mm. racism, but they are not the preferred yes. yeah. among the communities of Palestine. Um, so they are out there also struggling mm. and being subjected to this atrocious atrocious that's terrible and i believe but there's also an african um community in israel as well um really oh yeah from ethiopian stuff so yes so just just to show that um our people are all everywhere our diaspora is everywhere and a lot of people are asking ah but why do you care look at what's happening in africa uh yeah we care because we're humans (laughs) first of all and for me as a congolese i can relate because there's also this ongoing killings that has been going in the rest of DRC and that no one ever addressed that it's church is silence so for me it just showed that um, all lives are not put on the same uh, positions and some people can do whatever they want under all these uh, international laws and get away with it and yeah it's uh, completely heartbreaking it is completely heartbreaking it's nerve-wracking and I mean yes. this is not something that's just happening this year it's been um, there forever the situation mm-hmm. in Palestine is generations old um, and the mindset of the Israelis is repulsive. Like it completely. Yeah. 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 And I think we need, okay, we'll address that in another topic, but, <laughs> um, I always so triggered, but the Africans who are 
um, have this um, uh, attachment to the state of Israel based on the all these messianic Bible stories that they've been fed into. I don't want to go into long history lessons, but I think people must get educated. Uh, and yeah, we've got if more connections with, you know, uh, all these um, freedom fighters like Yasser Arafat and our freedom fighters, your Nelson Mandela, your Thomas Sankaras, and so many things. So, yeah, I think we won't be too long on the topic, but if people can please denounce what is happening there and support and assist if they can. And what is happening in a lot of countries, Sudan, uh, Congo, and all these like free freedom for all the oppressed people. <laughs> yeah, man, freedom is a human right. Yes. Um, and it is also my human right to travel to other places. Yes, like, completely. Also as Africans without visas. <laughs> yes. So shout out to all these African countries that have actually been dropping these visa requirements for saw, other African yeah. countries. Mm. Um, big ups to you. Namibia pulled that stunt a little earlier. Mm. Kenya um, uh, last, last week. Yeah, Kenya last week. Mm. I mean, hey now, I appreciate that. And I hear you will be traveling too to an African destination yes, soon. Yes, yes. Hopefully I can come and give you a little of travel uh, episode. But yes, I'm traveling to Tanzania. It's my first time and I'm looking forward to that. That's mm -hmm. awesome. I've never been. To I had the chance to go to Tanzania last year, but I was literally so busy that I was actually oh. like, no, please pass me up for this opportunity. But you're also traveling very soon. You're going to uh, Angola. Yes, Namibia. I cannot. No, no, no. Angola. Oh, it's my next trip. But yes. also Mozambique, I believe. Yes. I'm going to join you on that trip. It's not that far. It's across the road. <laughs> yes, Mozambique is not far at mm. all. In fact, I would want nothing more than to celebrate my 40th birthday next year in Mozambique. Oh, yes. Um, so although I'm going to Mozambique for something else, <laughs> yes. um, I still want to be there for my 40th, which is another conversation for another day. Um, yes. Yeah, so guys, maybe look forward for a little episode where we're going to debrief on all these Pan-African travels. Yes, and we welcome even more Pan-African travel. Yes. Um, like one of the countries that's always been high, high, high up there on my to-go-to list is Ghana. Oh, Ghana. I told you I've been there. Not long enough, unfortunately, but I um, I love Ghana, Ghanaian people. Whatever is happening in Ghana now seems so interesting. But Christine, wait, before we talk to Ghana, can we shout out the Springboks team? Who? How could we forget? Oh, my God, guys. Uh, remember in what? Last, um, in September, we told you that it was the start of the Rugby World Cup. Correct. I remember we were recording on that day. And yeah, if you've been following or if you're not, so the uh, South African team called the Springboks um, have been, uh, yeah, they are the champions. Yes, we are the world champions of rugby, but we made history because we yes. are the fourth time world champions, i.e. no other country has taken the World Cup title more than four times. New Zealand is third. Um, and also mm. South Africa have never been runners up, which is to say that we have won every single final game we have ever started. Oh my God, let me tell you, I'm becoming such a fan of rugby, the rugby team, um, the energy. And guys, if you are on social media, go and check all these celebrations. You South Africans know how to celebrate your heroes. I mean, <laughs> I'm living with all this um, gloomy, um, gloomy atmosphere. I'm really living for their content. It's beautiful. Uh, it's bringing joy and hope to the, um, I believe, I don't know if you can agree, to the country. I agree with you. But remember you were saying you wanted to go watch the parade yourself? Yes. <laughs> so the last World Cup, I happened to catch the, so what happens is the, the winning country or the winning Springbok team, they come and they parade 
parade their trophy yes. around the country, right? So a lot of the masses will come out onto mm-hmm. the streets and watch this bus drive by yeah. and go woo and celebrate. Yes. So in 2019, when they won their third Rugby World Cup title, um, I happened to be in Bramfontein. Like okay. I, I had nowhere awareness, you know, mm-hmm. and. Ta-da, ta-da, there Aww. I bump into this bus and it was cool that I got to glimpse it. Yes. So this Thursday, mm-hmm. Patricia's telling us that no, she wants to go watch Don't them. tell me you bumped into <laughs> I them. I did. Oh, no, I hit you, Christine. <laughs> I totally did. Oh. So what happened was that I had my chiropractor appointment. I'm hating you right <laughs> so now. So sorry. <sighs> so I left and then um, I didn't have my house keys on me. So after my appointment, I had to go home, but now I had to go get my keys from my partner who was in Soweto thereabouts. And as I was going to get my keys from where I thought he was, but mind you, he wasn't even there by the time I got there. There was the bus. It was Guys, driving by. The future of Zazie, <laughs> of Zazie is in shambles. I'm hating Christine right now. I've been wanting to catch a glimpse of those celebrations. I think I'm even crushing on some of the this rugby players who now. Are you crushing on Patricia? Uh, it's just is it Chesley? Kobe, the light, the, yes. the short boy. I like uh, Sia, obviously, okay. because his persona, all these, okay, it's not really my genre, but all these strong, tall, tall boys. I'm like, oh, no one told me that rugby was that interesting. <laughs> and I think I'm going to follow rugby. It feels like it looked violent at first, but it looks like it's fun. And I think I just um drawn into all these, um, yeah, all these joy they're bringing to the people and the stories of, um, you know, the, the black players and uh, all these beautiful stories. But uh, yeah. And I how think, is your son consuming this? Oh, he didn't care. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Honestly, I even told me like when I was, you know, they they kept on winning by one point. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, come and watch, come and watch. Then he was like, oh no, I don't want to put my mental health on the line because it's too intense. I'm like, you, this oh kid, wow, and the vocabulary. <laughs> so yeah, he didn't care, and yeah. But yeah, go watch all the celebrations. I know a couple of people who went to the airport and yeah, I, I, also the dancing. And also, Christine, we need to make an episode for that. The struggle songs. I mean, how come every South African, black South Africans know or to sing all these beautiful songs that you guys sing when you are, when you win or? No, so, so the Guijo things that the Springboks sing are not even struggle songs. Those songs are. Celebrations. War cries, if you will. Like, oh. so in, in South African high schools, you get these war cries that you sing, like, ah, I don't yes, know. Yes, yes, I know yes. what is the... So they're essentially mm-hmm. that. Um, so yeah, that, we can get in, we can get into I that. I think we have to. For me, it's beautiful. The way they all know, and yeah, I've, I've been seeing, especially Sia leading these yeah, songs. Yeah, Sia and, has taught them these oh songs. Oh my God. And all the team, like at some point, I really had some tears because I feel like, okay, I'm not South African, but I, I I'm guys, <laughs> I'm really like, I, I feel like I was all, I needed also that, um, just to see like, uh, people coming together and celebrating and the uni, uh, yeah, the power of sport and maybe culture also. Mm, but just speaking yeah. of not being South African, there was a DRC flag there at the yes. airport when the Boko were arriving. I and I was like, oh, my comrade. I know, I know. I, I even know even some Congolese people went there. I saw Zimbabwean flags, but yes. I think it makes sense because there are some Zimbabweans or some some uh, players yeah. were from Zimbabwe origins and whatever. And I think as Africans, when one of us win, we must all celebrate. It is our mm. communal celebration. Yeah. So we got a holiday because we won. Mm. 
Oh, yes. Um, so the president has given us the 15th of December as a holiday. And I saw somewhere in social media, this other person was like, and this was before we won. Mm. They were like, you must know, if the Boca win um, the Rugby World Cup, it's moving straight to December. There's no November. There's yes, no, yeah. you know, mm. like we are all just in the festive mm-hmm. season mode. And I, I, I think that's, I want my December now already. Yeah, no, completely. I think it didn't make sense to have a public holidays then, but yeah, so there will be 15 and 16 of December, right? Well, so the 16th of December is generally a yes. holiday, but it falls on a Saturday. Yeah. So we were never going to get it. So they've just given us the Friday. Oh, that's awesome. So yeah, guys, we're starting a bit with a negative note of what's not going well in the world. And with, um, yeah, we concluded our topical chat with a bit of joy, but now let's go to Ghana. Let's go to Ghana. So without further ado, let us welcome our guest for the day, who is Gabriel Myers Hansen from Ghana. Please tell us about yourself, this formidable journalist who has agreed to give us some of your time today. Hi, Gabriel. Wow. Tell us about yourself. Hello. Hi, hi, hi. So good to to see you guys. Um, those are very, very strong adjectives. I'm, I'm already <laughs> nervous. Um, so like you said, my name is Gabriel Myers Hansen. I am a music journalist based in Accra, Ghana. Um, and for the past three years or so, I've been regional editor, um, Anglo from West Africa for the Music and Africa Foundation. Yeah, and I'm author of the forthcoming essay collection, 2119 Accra. 2019 yeah. Accra. 21. The one is 21 going to be night. Oh, wow. We'll... On, that, on that one day. Oh, wow. Okay, we'll get to that, uh, I think, a bit later in details. Okay. But I would love nothing more than to spend 21 nights in Accra, if not Accra, just Ghana in general. Um, because you guys have been... positioned... I have never been. Have you invited me? Wow. It is, there's a good chance our friendship is about to end. <laughs> oh, you make it sound like it's on person. It's, it's, it's not my fault. I haven't been to Ghana. Okay. Right. But I plan to. Okay. 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 I'll, 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 I'll hold you to that. But if I do come, if you were like to um, draft or create a program of things that should happen in one's visit to Ghana... What would be a must for one to do? So, um, over the past five years, specific, of course, for the past 20 years, um, Ghana has positioned itself gradually as a holiday, a holiday destination for party goers around the world. For the, five, for the past five years, specifically, following um, the president of Ghana, Nana Akufuado's declaration of the year of return in 2019, it has become even more so. And so there isn't a specific, there isn't one place you should go. There are so many places you should go, starting with the nightlife, the tourist um, spots, um, and just walking in town, meeting the people, etc., um, etc. Et you just have to be here to experience it. I, can't, <laughs> I couldn't say it to you, you have to be here to feel it. I mean, Patricia has been here, so... Yes, yeah, no, I, I agree. You have to experience that. But uh, Gabriel, you touched on something very important. Can you explain quickly what was or what is the year of return? So in 2019, um, Ghana's president, um, Nana Akufuado, His Excellency, um, made a declaration um, inviting the black diaspora to visit Ghana. And this is in commemoration of, the, of 400 years since the exodus of the first slaves from from the continent and so 
that's that's rallying cry has been hugely accepted all over the world which is why the world seems to circle back to ghana every december it's, it's, it's among the master strokes of this of this government if i'm being honest talking about december because i did a little bit of my own desktop research just to see what Ghana has to offer over your dirty December. There's Afrochella, there's Afro Nation, there's Welcome to Ghana, there's Taste of Ghana. Like it's endless actually. And this is just like the top five of the endless list of activities. Has this changed the fiber of the Accra experience for you as a local? Well, it, it, it's amplified the party scene or the nightlife scene in, in, in Accra. Um, yes, amplified it in a way that I have never experienced. As you know, I have, okay, you may not know that, but I have lived all my life in Accra, um, except I have to, except having to travel for work or something. But I've lived at various points in Accra. And this is the very first time I'm seeing. I'm seeing um, it's highlighted in this unique way where every it's almost like a mecca where everybody feels like they have to be here to complete their experience, especially if, if you are somebody who believes that you have, who believes that um, um, somebody who calls themselves a, a global citizen. If you say you're a global citizen, you've not been to Accra, then then we have questions to ask you. Um, ah. as you, as you <laughs> wow, that's Afro, strong. Afro, Afro Future, formerly known as Afro Chela, um, mm-hmm. um, Afro Nation, um, a number of so many, too many to mention. So, so here's the thing: you come to you come to Accra towards the end of November, and then you plan to leave on the seventh of January the next year. That wow. is your safest best. Your safest bet. Oh. That's that's so interesting. But like, so for instance, so you speak of it as now like this holiday destination for party goers around the globe, ultimately Pan-African party goers. Does right. this identity not close out other people who might see themselves a little bit more serious, who, you know, because now you, so we were talking a little bit earlier about what is Ghana's reputation um as we understand it, like mm. what is a typical Ghanaian stereotype? And I was thinking that I, when I think of Ghana, I think of regal, I think of royalty, mm-hmm. I think of mm-hmm. upstanding people. Yeah, you know, you that for those at the work. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also with the kente fabrics, the clothing and stuff, and and uh, yeah, yeah. Continue, Christine. But yes, I was just wondering, because now this new um, identity, this new positioning as a party destination is significantly different to how I saw Ghana. Does that make sense? Mm. So I would, I, would, I would say that this new framing has augmented already existing um, images of, 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 of Ghana. And so when you go out in the night, on a typical night, it could be any day of the week. That's 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 how bad it's gotten now. On any day of the week, <laughs> wow! You go out, you meet everybody, and, and it is it is everybody. You see, it's a very very cosmopolitan assemblage, so that you mm. meet people from everywhere. This means that as a Ghanaian, I feel like we even we have had to learn so much about everywhere else in the world. So because you walk, you walk, you step out of your house, you meet somebody who wants. 
to have a conversation. And that means that you have to <laughs> be, be abreast of, 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 of happening. You're almost like an ambassador for, yes. for the country, sort of. So I, I do agree with you when you say um, Ghana boasts a very, very regal reputation, a very regal heritage. But there's also something to be said about how this past five years have augmented the reputation so that it has expanded the image of Ghana beyond just its heritage, its rich heritage, to include the place to go to relax, wow. the place to go to rediscover yourself, you know, to breathe. You know, the air in Ghana is, is, is different. I, like, again, I, I, I couldn't <laughs> describe it accurately. I tried to do that in my book, but um, you have to be here to, to, to experience it. Wow, you're such a great ambassador of um, of Ghana, right? But I want to As is ask every um, other Ghanaian at this point. <laughs> I, I want to ask, um, uh, yeah, kudos for every people who are involved in in this uh, branding exercise for Ghana. But um, how is it uh, perceived? Is it not sometimes uh, overwhelming? And also, um, can the the economic uh, benefits? Um, I mean, people from the tourism, uh, hotel industry, the nightlife. Is it mm. so? For, for the question is, are they really making money for that, or is it just like, like I said, a PR branding exercise? but you guys don't really, I mean, maybe the local people don't really reap the benefits? Mm. So, as a journalist, it can be exhausting because you have to attend. Yes. That's why every night you have to go cover this. You know, the journey to the place <laughs> is not the problem. It's the drive it's the drive back home. And then when you come True. back home, you have to prepare your, 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 your copies. And then in a few hours, you have to go out again. And you repeat this mm. for a month. Basically, so so it's daunting. Um, it's, and as you know, I'm, I'm getting too old for this, uh, but, but yeah, it, 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 <laughs> yes, it's because in be, a couple of weeks, because now, because now I, I I go to events and I see the Gen Zs, and I can't mm. keep up with them. Um, so <laughs> it can be done, and, and, and that's the only difficult part about it. Um, indeed, in 2019, I think um, the country welcomed, um, if I'm not mistaken, a million tourists. Um, which obviously impacted the the economy because of mm-hmm. the FX. Um, and since then, since then, it's been a consistent exodus. Um, Say for maybe the COVID, but it's been a consistent exodus. And this means that it has put a challenge on everybody who is a who is a stakeholder in the creative space and in the tourism mm. space and the hospitality space. So that you go out in town, there are new hotels coming up every month um and people are being challenged because ghana now sits in a very very global space so that now everybody in the country is having to improve themselves in whatever sector they are in to meet the global standard Mm -hmm. because like everybody like i said earlier everybody has become an ambassador for 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 ghana and so Mm -hmm. i would say that beyond the the PR master stroke, it's also had positive impacts on the creative tourism and hospitality spaces. That, that That's my verdict. The music industry has yes. also expanded in a way that we have not, we have never seen. And so, yeah, there are lots of positives to, to point out. That is exciting because now it's like so accurate because it's like now this hub of creative potential, this poster yeah. child for Africa, um, at the stage, maybe you might be competing a little bit with Rwanda, but for different reasons. 
Yes, um, with Nigeria as well, no? Yeah, yeah. so what is the status of your relationship with Nigeria? Is it possible <laughs> to pick the fit? Because I don't even know. But you, you know, like, um, I mean, this is, I'll, I'll describe this as healthy rivalry. So this is a, this is a huge yeah. compound house. And Ghana and Nigeria are mm. siblings. So it's not, I mean, how far can, how bad can it get? Um, it, it, it's, yeah. it, it is a very, very healthy competition. And if you watch, Ghana and Nigeria have managed to hack this 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 area of collaboration so that there's a lot of collaboration across the spectrum so it's not just music it's on every other level and so it may look like this competition but there really is not if you take a, um, a typical Ghanaian's album you're going to find mm. a number of collaborations and, and, and in that same breath if you take a Nigerian album a Nigerian artist album you 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 see Ghanaian artists. And indeed, most many Nigerians I have many Nigerian artists I have interviewed point to Ghana as a creative mecca. When they go out into the world and experience all the noise, they come to Ghana, sit by the beaches, and you know recalibrate. And Ghanaians Ghanaian creatives also feel like when they want to expand their sound to the rest of the world, they have to go to Nigeria because they feel like Nigeria is also an important touch point in the whole conversation. So it's not it's not. Mm. It's not as bad as PR and framing may, may make as it As the jollof rice it's make very... it feels. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. But, but I'm, I'm sorry. That's healthy to this. hear. It's a very important point to make. And I feel like if there's a calm no, you're right. anything I'm saying, it is the fact that Ghana jollof <laughs> is the best. Yeah. But guys, do you know that the jollof? Okay, I'm. I'm. We're not gonna start with this debate. But originally, apparently, the Senegal. originally the best one is of Senegal. Course, of course, <laughs> but, but that's okay. the thing about West Africa. We 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 take these things and then we sort of make it our own. And so, as you, so Nigeria has colonized yes. every part of Africa in terms of the creative space. So, from the movies to the music, and and I feel like Ghana is following suit. But we all acknowledge that. Jolof, he was from Senegal, but who does it best? I feel like that's what the yeah. question is. <laughs> Aha, that's the question. We, we have to come to Accra to, to, to test. We need yes. to go to Lagos, Accra, and Dakar. We test everything, then we give our verdict. Yes. And, and this <laughs> is then, so, we just returned from Nigeria and, and, and had Jolof in Nigeria. Ah. So I am telling you on authority. Mm. I was about to say, is your opinion unbiased, though? <laughs> I'm a journalist. I, I try to be as unbiased as possible. But speaking of journaling, about 21 Nights in Accra, what is that story? Take us through that and what readers could expect to immerse themselves in. Right. So for the past decade or more, I have had to document stories about Accra. So the full title of my book is 21 Nights in Accra. Culture Excursions and Discussions in Africa's Favorite City. And that is essentially what the book is about. Mm. Stories that I have compiled over the past 10 years or more. Just um, um, tracking and highlighting Accra, particularly at night, or a lot of the times at night. Is Accra a different place at night versus the daytime? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Accra is, is... yeah, it's almost like there are two different places. I could take two photos of Accra 
in the day and the night and you may not you may not you may not realize it's the same city um so the 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 night has become so these two parts of the day have been able to distinguish themselves so during the day you know what to expect and at night you know what to expect these two have become so distinct in a way that again i can't really exp- it's not like I'm, I'm forcing it to come to a crime i'm just saying i could use all the words <laughs> i could use all the words i can master but you have to be here so beyond the the, the parties and the concerts there's also the beaches and and even for me there are days that when i am when i want to escape my own mental chaos i go out to the beach at night and it's it's a totally different experience i also go out to the beach on sunday mornings because i find that that's also very relaxing but i could tell you that there's a, a huge difference between the beach in the morning and at night and that's just the beach so so just imagine what these other locations or these other places entail yeah, because there's forests, there's walking, yes. there's, I mean, I have dreamt of Ghana, you must know. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I must just hit up like an embassy or someone to pay hmm. the tickets for and my way there. To make it happen. But you said that uh, at the beginning, you said that the, the 20 and 1, you said the 1 was very important. Are you able to share what's, uh, what's uh, that one night or people must just wait and find out in the book? Yes, people might just, they must wait and find out <laughs> in the book. When, when, when is your book available and where can people get your book? So I've been promised a release, I've been promised a release date this month. And so people will, okay. people will get to know about it as soon as I have permission to, to announce. Unless to to I, announce it, oh, okay. Yeah, unless I leak it or something, but I'm not trying to leak it or anything. So. <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah. No, we need you to make your bag on this. So yeah. it sounds like this will be the perfect reading at the beach in Ghana this December. Yes. I yes. hope. I hope because, like I said, I've I've had the privilege of of a front row seat to a lot of how Accra has changed in the past ten years alone, and these are things that I try to to highlight in the stories that I have compiled mm. from the past 10 years. But I can imagine, especially since 2019, that the writing there must get a little bit more colorful <laughs> as you traverse through the years of recent times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it and has I'll... become more colorful for sure. I wanted to find out how the, does the locals now react? Because every December, as we see on social media, all these um, African American, all these uh, diaspora celebrities, all these celebrities from the Afro diaspora, beat from London, in the street of Accra. How do people react? Is it like now a common thing, or people are very starstruck, whatever? How does it g- give us a bit of that uh, atmosphere there in December? So. Um... The world circles back to Accra every December, like like I said, and it is almost normal now. But okay, celebr- celebrities have a draw; they have a charisma that, no matter how many times you see them, of course, I would point to Tupac and somebody oh, on this podcast relationship with, with Tupac. So there's that, but there's exactly. also mm. there's also a beautiful, um, it's, it's a beautiful sight to see how everybody now points to Ghana as the place to mm. go for various reasons. Some come here purposely for a spiritual renaissance because yes. they visit the, the forts and castles and then this sort of 
connects them spiritually to their ancestors, etc., etc. So, yes. So yeah, there's there's that. Yeah, because there's um there's this organization, if you will, called Afro Culture, and they offer an experience to Ghana. So they have a package now, actually running from the 27th of December to the 3rd of January. And of their program, sure, they have like Afro Nation, but they also have um, visits to the slave ports yes. where they yes. were taken off. The and they, Dorf, no return. Yeah, yes, and they explain it as an emotional excursion. Mm. Um, yeah. I did yeah. that. It's very emotional. I mean, I'm not part of the diaspora or anything, but you can always imagine. Yeah, it's very... I think it's a mercy for not only people from the diaspora and all the African people still on the continent because it's uh, it's a reminder of our painful shared experience. I feel like it also... Everybody focuses on how painful the past has been. I feel like it's also evidence of the infinite strength and, and resilience and just drive yes. of the African spirit because some of these stories are so harrowing that you can't even believe that anybody has lived to tell some that. of these stories. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I feel like looking back, you can you can see that the African spirit is so strong and it's almost impossible to break down. And I feel like that's also something that must be highlighted when we talk about, when we recount this story. I want to also emphasize the just the the mental fortitude, the spiritual... Yeah, true. Yes, the spiritual resilience. Yes, yes, yes. True. Because I was going to ask philosophically... With this theme of the year of return, um, do you think this notion of having like the African diaspora exodus back to Africa, um, do you think that's a viable concept? I mean, the last five years have proven that it's a viable concept, I mean, economically. Um, um, also, it has positioned Ghana in a light that is very, very favorable, so that in spite of whatever... Um, challenges the country encounters um those are not all of a sudden those those seem tolerable because there's a bigger goal you know we are now an ambassador for the continent and so there's a a bigger goal so i I would say that it is viable um it was viable in 2019 and five years on but in terms it's still viable Sorry, uh, Gabriel. Um, I think Christine want to maybe Christine correct me if I'm wrong. In terms of people really coming back, let's say um, we from I don't know uh, U S whatever, and just coming mm-hmm. back and settle um, because I think th- that was one of the inv- uh, invitation. Like come right. back, this you yeah, come yeah, from. Yeah. Uh, people are really skills. yeah. Are people really yes. uh, setting there for a long time yeah, before yeah, yeah. Uh, be- beyond the December craze? Are people really going back and setting people, people back are, in Ghana? People are, acqu- people are acquiring. Pro- property in Ghana now. People are oh, okay. setting up businesses. People are um, engaging to strategic partnerships um, because I don't know. I don't know. There's something about about so Ghana is home in every sense of the word, and so when people come back beyond the party, they want a place that they can connect to, you know, okay. in a way that in a way that is strong. And so you've heard stories about Steve Wonder wanting to. Retire yeah. in Ghana. You've heard stories about American celebrities acquiring property in Ghana and setting up. Rita Marley, actually. Rita, yes. Exactly. Rita, Rita Marley was in, was in Ghana. She lived in Ghana for so long. Mm. Um, she yes. lived in Ebri. Um, um, Ebri is in the mountains. And that's the beautiful thing about Accra. Accra keeps expanding so that in the past few years, it has expanded to include parts of Ebri 
and parts of the central region. Mm. So yeah, that's that's how expansive Accra has become. But yeah, you're right um, about about that point. People are connecting to Ghana beyond beyond just the December. They are doing. They are making permanent decisions. Good. To to okay. emphasize their their connection. That's brilliant to hear. That's really encouraging because I know, I mean, so Johannesburg went through a phase of gentrification and mm-hmm. trying to um, transform the inner city spaces into like Manhattan type vibe situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was partly well received, but also it wasn't sustainable. Mm. So I guess this, that was just the idea of, is this something, a sustainable option? Cause for Zazi, for us, I think that idea is, is a romantic yes. uh, prospect. You know, mm-hmm. yes, let's rally all our Africans mm-hmm. back home. Let us pour all the skills we've acquired yes. from the greater world into uplifting ourselves. Mm. So it's still something that I, you know, I, I root for it. Yeah, me too. I think it's great for also for people in diaspora to have a place to call home. So, but now that you say that you speak of, um, Accra as everyone's favorite city, if we were to become the United States of Africa, are you propositioning that, um, Accra is our capital? It, 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 it goes without saying. I just wanted to make a quick point. <laughs> I wanted to make a quick point about, um, about, your 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 note about gentrification. Mm. Um, in many ways, Accra is experiencing, or parts of Accra is, ex- or parts of Accra are experiencing gentrification. But I also feel like it is something the author Tejuko describes as a palimpsest, i.e., the city is being rewritten. So there are places mm-hmm. you you visited ten years ago that don't look the same. And of course, yeah. there are people with sentimental ties who would say. No, you are erasing the the history of the history. of the city, mm-hmm. but at the same time, a crowd as we know it today was not what it was. I don't even think a crowd existed two hundred years ago, and so that is what the story of cities are. They are going to be painted upon and painted upon and painted upon, and I feel like that is yeah. what that is part of the identity of every city. So Dubai yeah, of fifty years ago is not Dubai today. Yeah. Um, I mean, even even New York is, is not, it's not yes. the same. Yeah. So, so I get the people who have misgivings about how the city is rapidly changing and making way to high-rise buildings and all this new Western architecture. But it's also evidence of a city that is evolving, and I feel like we have to embrace. We have to embrace all of all of that. I agree with you. Yeah. You're a very wise man, Gabriel. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a nice philosophical way of seeing. For me, I'm part of those nostalgic people when I go home, like, mm. oh my God, da, da, da. but you're right. I mean, city, city, uh, cities change and they don't look the same over time. Um, they change to, uh, respond to the needs of, yeah, the current need of the people, whatever. Mm. So, yeah. Mm. I have to point out finally that. In the midst of this, there have been deliberate efforts to maintain some of these heritage spots, some of these heritage oh, sites, which is a place that people can go to and remind themselves to reconnect. Of yes, to reconnect. So, so there's that. Okay, but speaking of connecting now in current times, contemporary times, if I wanted to give myself the Ghanaian experience from South Africa musically, who mm-hmm. should I be listening to now to get me into that Ghana vibe? This is a question that you're can a land music me. journalist. Yes, <laughs> it is a question that can land me in jail. 
Okay, let's talk <laughs> about current things then. Let's just if you were just gonna narrow it down to, to yes, what are you listening to then? What am I listening to? Um, I don't think I am the one to ask because because of the work I do, I have to listen to a lot of music. That's okay. true. Mm. <laughs> I'm trying so hard to swerve to swerve. But so I can give you a, <laughs> I can give you a few names. I can I, so there are the sixties, seventies high life bands. Mm-hmm. Um, from Abel Taylor to mm. Pat Thomas and so on, there is the generation after that, which leaned more into um, US urban culture, i.e. hip-hop. So those who borrowed from hip-hop, in Ghana we call it high life, hip life, I mean. Uh-huh. So they, they combine high life and hip-hop into a genre or a subgenre called hip life. So that's also... Um, existed from the late 90s into the 2000s. Indeed, I have another book on that. Mm. Um, okay. So, so, so there's that. And then there's also in a, an, an exciting new crop of voices, 20-somethings, sometimes teenagers, who are doing amazing work. Um, and then there's also these guys who are young, but also hark back to old high life. So there are bands like Santrophy and Fra okay. who Yes, I know Fra sort of, who are sort of modern custodians of high life, which is the soul of of Ghana. So this is a very this is a very, very vague response, but I hope that there are <laughs> there are relevant points in there. Of course okay But you so know what you, needs to happen? Gabriel, yep, because yep. we also create playlists, right? So you right. and I are going to co-create a Ghanaian playlist. Um, we won't put your name on there. No, don't worry. Nobody will know yeah. it's you. <laughs> except, except listeners of, this, of the podcast. <laughs> they won't know, okay? They won't know if the selections were mine or yours. Yeah. It's a co- I'm going you know, to put in a few names as well. Yes, so mm, that we mm. can celebrate Ghana from now to the Eba Taylor times musically, mm. just so that we can get all our listeners from across the globe mm. um, feeling Ghana. Right. Is that fair? That's fair, that's fair, that's fair, that's fair. <laughs> Can I mention something for closing? I think South Africa and Ghana, you've got something in common. December is very big. In South Africa, we've yeah. got also this thing we called uh, K-December, right? Uh, how do you say it, Christine? December. December, yes. They call it December. It's a lifestyle. It's when people are going to go uh, out there and party. So definitely there's a connection there between uh, Ghana and South Africa. Mm. But apparently, "dirty December" was once uh, uh, a Nigerian term for their December lifestyle. So, like all things Ghana Nigeria, there's is that's very very debatable. That's very, uh, and that's the thing. Sounds like a very difficult equation there. Yeah, yeah, yeah because there's evidence. <laughs> okay. To, to demonstrate that "dirty December," the term "dirty December" has existed for for a while. Okay. And some argue that it was created or rather amplified by the Nigerian musician, Mr. Easy, who spent much of his formative, not formative, but he came to college in Ghana. And so that sort of formed oh. a, a huge part of his adult. And when he was in Ghana in, in, in university, he was doing parties. And so this is one angle of the story that he okay. formed the name Dirty December. And then there are others who Mr. Say, Easy. It's existed 
before him. Um, Mr. Easy has actually just released a new album, and it's it, it it's also tied into visual art. So for every album, for every song on this album, there is a visual artist from the African continent who's mm. created yeah. a piece of artwork to go with it. It's some really exciting stuff. Mm. I read an article about that in CNN, oddly enough. Oh, okay. Um, but yes, I will add Mr. Easy onto that playlist. So. Right. Yeah, and, and that Gabriel's- album is. It's it is 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 a landmark piece. Um, yes. Anyways, um, yeah. It, it took him ten years, I think, to put together that album. So, and I I feel like it was worth the wait. Yeah. Yeah. Well, from what I read about it, I'm actually I think that's what I'm going to do with the rest of my day. Thank you for that. Yes, because when I read the article in CNN, it was talking about it being released, so it hadn't dropped yet. But I know that as of today, it's has dropped, so mm. I must go check out Mr. Easy's new offering. I'll do the same. But Gabriel, thank you so much for sharing with us all about your home city, your home country, about your own efforts as a writer. Um, I'm, we really appreciated your time, and I promise you, the day that I have my tickets booked for Ghana, I will let you know. <laughs> ah, so, just let me know. I will, I will take care of the rest. Done. Thank you so much, Gabriel. And please um, let us know when the book is available. We'll plug that into our socials as well. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. And and I feel like a superstar. I've, I've wanted to come oh. on this podcast since I first heard of, heard of it. So thank oh, you guys for having thank me. Thank you for your kind words. And you are a superstar. Ooh. <laughs> a superstar, music when I become, critics when, when, when and I, stuff. I become bigger, so. <laughs> we'll, wait you for, we'll wait for that. You are always invited, Gabriel. Whoa, Patricia, was Gabriel not like the best ambassador for Ghana and Accra in particular? I mean, he totally is. I mean, when you listen to him, you just want to pack your bag and go to Ghana and enjoy this dirty December thing. Hey, man, I'm sitting here already deciding like what I would be wearing. All I need to do is (laughs) get my bag right so I can get the ticket down and go. I know, I know. I mean... Yeah, it's the same for me. I think we need to make a plan. Can someone sponsor us? We want to go to Ghana, maybe 30 December 2024. Maybe this one is short notice, but definitely I feel like it's something to be enjoyed. It totally is. But just to recap, like there are some really epic festivals going down in Accra from late November right through to the 1st of January. Um, and it's mm-hmm. like you said, it's, it's, it's well, Gabriel said rather, it's the party capital of Africa and um, there's totally. a lot I heard somewhere down. yes I was reading somewhere just yesterday actually, I think they were calling uh, Accra the Ipisa of Africa so they're really branding themselves as this party destination from people in the diaspora on the continent uh, to go there and enjoy December hey man it is a vibe and as we speak of December I also think we just need to take stock of the fact that this is actually our last episode of our first season of Zazi, the podcast. Yes, I mean, oh my God, I think we need to do a little round of applause for ourselves. (laughs) But yeah, no, definitely it was, yes. I mean, it was, oh, I really enjoyed doing it. I mean, I enjoyed every minute of it and it was great. And thank you for being such a great host. Right back at you, Ma. But also we've had some brilliant guests, (laughs) right? 
Oh my God, yes, we had some fabulous, some extraordinary guests, powerhouses. Um, yeah, we had Poppy Sibia, uh, travel vlog extraordinaire. Yes, and then we had Dudu oh, and Dumabe from Nubian Seed, getting our mature skin in order. Yes, we had Exactly. We had Homole Momonye from SP Language Academy and, of course, Gabriel, uh, music writer from Best in Ghana, music writer slash journalist based in Ghana. I mean, for first first season, uh, chatting to these uh, kind of uh, people, it was, yeah, I mean, a big thank you, a big shout out to them. It was it was awesome to be able to chat with them. No, an absolute big shout out to our guests. And of course, the biggest shout out to our listeners. Yes, definitely. Thank you and a big shout out. I mean, we received nothing but love and support, encouragement, um, con- uh, con- uh, constructive criticism. And yeah, I mean, it was, I, I mean, thank you to them. Big thank you. No, yeah. So thank you, thank you to you guys because you're still listening. <laughs> Yes, the plan is that we're just going to get bigger and better as the seasons go. And if you want to be in touch with this experience, please do follow us on all our social media um, platforms. It's Zazi underscore the podcast on Facebook and Zazi underscore the podcast on Instagram. And if you maybe have any questions and have any queries, better yet, if you have suggestions for us, Patricia, where can they drop their suggestions to us should they like to mail us? I mean, follow us on our socials, like Christine said, and you can drop drop us a DM. If you want to go the formal way, maybe you can just email us, Zazi the podcast in one word, at gmail.com. But if you want to perhaps engage with us about business possibilities, marketing visibility for whatever your brands might be, we would totally welcome those emails too. Yes, definitely. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe, share with people you think will love the podcast as much as you do. And also consider leaving us a review so more people can discover us as well. That is the best idea I have heard yet. But even better than that, please also don't shy away from the playlists. As you know, we will be putting up a banging West Africa or Ghana-specific kind of playlist to supplement this episode. So please head on over to Spotify to get your ears plugged in to this playlist that we've been creating for you or curating for you. Um, and that is just Zazi on Spotify. Yes, go listen. Maybe you'll be able to enjoy your little dirty December in your room, in your car, whatever. Go listen to our playlist. I mean, yeah. (laughs) No, I've actually really started working on it and it's going to be a banger. Oh, no doubt it's going to be one. But until then, I wish you all the best festive season. May your December be productive, be fun, be refreshing. Um, not just to our listeners, but to you too, Patricia. Yes, to you too, Christine. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to our fabulous listeners. And stay safe. Have fun, but stay safe this season to you and all your loved ones. I mean, I wish you a resting and, yeah, resting and productive and resting. I don't know if they go together, but, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> I wish you, let's say resting. I think it's a time to unwind and rest so we can come back fresh, full of lot of ideas and productive in January, actually. I was going to say rest is a very productive thing. 
Exactly. And it's so important. It's so needed. We, tr- uh, we tend to overlook it, but yeah, we need to completely rest, um, spend some time with families, with our loved ones. And yeah, and then we'll meet again in 2024 with a brand new season. And until then, good people, peace be with you. Bye. Au revoir. Kwaeri. Swahili. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.